0: Hey guys, just want to give you an update. We're changing our format up. Previously, we've been doing two movies a week. Uh, so that's a theatrical release and then a recommendation. And we do one long episode every week. Uh, that seems to be kind of unwieldy and doesn't allow us to go as in-depth as we want. So the episode we recorded last week has been split into two. So what you're about to hear is our Oscars slash conversation. And then you're going to hear our Watchmen conversation next week. And then on February 14th, we're going to be talking about M. Night Shyamalan's A Knock at the Cabin. And then on February 21st, it's going to be my recommendation, which is a surprise for you guys. So yeah, stay tuned. Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome to the Stray Dog Film Lounge, the three stray dogs that bonded over our love of movies.
0: I'm Colin. My name is Ross.
1: And I'm Ian.
2: And this week... We are first going to be talking about the very important Oscar noms that just came
0: out. The Nom Nom Noms. Nom Nom Nom. I'm very nom, excited nom. to
2: talk about it. It's going to be a very filling discussion to say the least. Yes,
0: yes. It was my idea. I insisted that we that we talk about the Oscars. Um, yeah,
2: R- Ross is the Oscar nerd. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm the George C. Scott of the group. Bro, I, I, I detest award shows. And I don't want to look at any of them yeah. or anything like that.
0: I'm just here for the shitty drama. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ian, what's your what's your thoughts on the Oscars? Do you um, do you give a shit?
1: I give no fucks, but at the same time, it's really fun to watch a bunch of rich people like beat the shit out of each other. Apparently, from
0: last year. Well, well that's a new development. Yeah, I feel like for the past five or so years. Every other year there's like something stupid happens. Mm -hmm. So like first it was uh the the La La Land's Moonlight tobacco. Oh god. Right? (laughs) Yeah. And then and then in twenty twenty, remember how they like rearranged the categories so that way the best actor announcement would come at the ends? And everyone was like, oh, it's got to be Chadwick Boseman. It'll be a nice tribute. And then Anthony Hopkins won, but he didn't come up because he, he was wasn't at even home there. sleeping. He was yeah. at home sleeping because he's an old man. <laughs> and so the show just kind of <laughs> ended. And then the slap happened. And by the way, last year's Oscars were like the worst show ever. Slap aside, what a pathetic, completely out of touch, has no clue what its audience is. Like You see, programs. I didn't
2: watch the Oscars. I was doing homework, and then my phone just started blowing up, saying there's no way that was real. There's no way that that happened. That was staged.
1: You know what's really funny, though? Yeah. Is that I literally turn on the TV, because I'm like, yeah, you know what? i watch a little bit of it. Turn on the TV, it's Will Smith, and then all of a sudden, bang!
0: And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell just happened? I was looking at my phone when the slap happens, kind of so i wasn't entirely sure what the hell i just saw will smith go up to the stage and then like the sound cut out i was like wait what the fuck just happened yeah and then i look up and and like and i just see angry will smith with the sound muted and i'm (laughs) just like what these like i can't i can't imitate it because it's not a visual medium we're doing right now but (laughs) it's so funny because it's not a memorable joke
2: the G.I. Jane joke is not even that good. And now it's. Will it, it, Smith has made certain that everyone will remember it yeah. for the rest of time. All right, so what anyway. else are we
1: talking about? <laughs> so we're talking about the nominations and what else we're watching. And then the- we're
0: going to talk about uh, Skinner hmm And then Ian's recommendation, which was. Watchmen. Watchmen, uh,
1: <laughs> and I watched the three and a half hour cut of it. <laughs> I
2: watched the three and a half hour cut too, because I am loyal to this podcast and I'm loyal to our fans.
0: I watched the, the the theatrical cut, but i read the first three and a half chapters of the of the of the graphic novel, uh, because I hadn't read the book at all. So that. That's something. Anyway, we're talking about Oscar nominations. (laughs) All right. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, this is the most ADDS podcast. Okay. So, nominees for Actress in a Supporting Role. Angela Bassett for uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Hong Chow for The Whale. Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inisharan, And then this one, I got a little worried when they first announced Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once because I was like, you know she's good in that, but what about Stephanie uh, Hugh? Right, why, why wasn't she nominated? Mm-hmm. And then the next one they announced was Stephanie, and I'm like, oh good, because she's <laughs> also in Everything Everywhere All at Once and has a much more significant supporting role.
2: Jamie Lee Curtis is just kind of funny that movie. You yeah. know
0: what I mean? I don't, I
2: don't think she's really breaking any
0: new ground. Yeah, in performance. I should mention Everything Everywhere All at Once has the most nominations this year of eleven nominations. Eleven. Yes. Damn. Yeah. Colin, are you a fan of the movie? I'm a big fan of the movie. I, I, I think it's really breaking new ground. And
2: I think it's the perfect movie for the digital age. Because we kind of live in a certain multiverse ourselves with so many screens vying for our attention. It's like we live in multiple different universes all at the same time.
0: That is so deep of you to say. <laughs> I, our phones are like our multiverses. Exactly.
2: <laughs> and I feel like that movie captures it perfectly. Also some great Asian American representation too. For I sure. really appreciate. I think that. it's a fun movie.
0: Yeah. I think it's very innovative. I think it's it's a good uh, whatever wins even the nomination the fact that it has nominations is like a big win for the little guy cuz that's kind of how I feel about the Daniels is like they're just like us.
1: I still haven't seen it. Fun fact.
0: <laughs> I feel like you would like it and it has a lot of it's also like much like this podcast it's a very ADHD movie. Uh, okay. So, I think you'd like yes. it. Um yeah. anyway, so uh do do we do you guys have any uh, predictions on who could win uh, this best actress in a supporting role? Do you guys have any? Yes, I do. What?
2: I think it's gonna be Carrie Condon in Banshee's Adventure been
0: Okay, all right. I guess I'll also predict Carrie Condon. I liked her performance. Um, it was great, but like, the like,
2: yeah. whole performance really reminded me of my own system.
1: Yeah, for you sure. You know what
2: I mean? I really, the dynamic felt so, uh,
0: so real. Ian, do you have a take?
1: Um, I don't think I've, I've watched any of them, any of the movies <laughs> that uh, got
0: nominated with that, so... You're gonna look, skip? I'm gonna skip that one. <laughs> All right, then. Okay. Costume design. Babylon. Uh... Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Elvis, everything everywhere all at once. And uh, M- Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. What? <laughs> Good
2: for Miss Harris. What what the hell Good is that? Good for Miss Harris. She's yeah. trying her best out here.
1: Elvis. Elvis definitely.
2: I'm gonna give it to everything oh, everywhere.
0: Yeah, I kinda I kinda have to give it to everything everywhere, just because of the sheer amount yes. of costumes. And and the and the sheer
2: ingenuity. Of those costumes those are normal costumes you can pick up from party city though those are things that take a lot of time and effort to to just imagine
0: yeah like and they all look good like it's not just like a, a quantity over quality thing like everything looks good in that movie yeah uh you can tell like a lot of people put a lot of work into like the maximalism of everything everywhere all at once um Ian, okay, so Ian, you're predicting Elvis?
1: Yeah, I'm predicting Elvis. I think for that movie, because what was it? Uh, who directed that again?
2: Uh, Bass Loman.
1: Yeah, his movies, because like Moulin Rouge, that an amazing costumes in it. I thought this really did a great job recreating a lot of Elvis's looks and just the time periods in there too. If I saw everything everywhere
0: all at once,
1: i probably would say that so maybe that'd be my my second
0: pick i mean i think i think we're allowed to uh make predictions for movies we haven't seen because i feel like with the oscars you can kind of cynically guess the type of movie these voters will enjoy yeah that makes sense
2: it's not an honest show it's very political i feel like the there's
0: a lot of backroom well, talk. I don't think it's mm. politics. I think it's, it's just... campaigning like, it, for the
1: most part. It's, exactly. ca- it's campaigning
0: yeah. and also you gotta factor in the tastes of like old people. <laughs> Green Book.
1: The Green Book.
0: If we go by the taste of old people, everything ever all at once wins nothing. Yeah, because it's such a frenetic
2: movie. I was watching it with my sister and we were both just like, dad would hate this movie. Because
0: yeah. it, it's just so fast. Gotta go fast. All right, let's move on to sound. Slow down, that uh, fellow. <laughs> it's gonna be a long ass podcast if we don't move along. Yes. Okay. For sound, all quiet on the Western Front, a movie that I didn't know existed until like yesterday, uh,
1: <laughs> and a movie I didn't know
0: existed until you brought it up. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, there was a remake of. All right, cool. Uh, Avatar: The Way of Water, The Batman, mm-hmm. Elvis, and Top Gun: Maverick. Uh, my prediction top gun maverick top gun maverick and here's why the loudest movie always wins best sound yep (laughs) (laughs) that is a fact whatever movie is the loudest and also top gun
1: maverick is a masterpiece it does it does
0: have great sound you really i really felt like i was in the room you know if you watched it in dolby like damn
1: yeah
2: i'm i want the batman to win but i'm predicting top gun i think the batman has the best sound design but i think maverick's gonna win
1: yeah, Batman's a close second
0: for me.
2: The sound design is just so personal in that movie. It's, mm-hmm. it's just so well-structured. I love that film.
0: Original score. All Quiet on the Western front. Uh, <laughs> Babylon. Banshees of Sharon Everything, everywhere, all at once. And the Fablemans. First score. Hmm. Usually, I, I my mm-hmm. pick is usually the movie with the score that I actually can remember. Uh, so that... Goes to Babylon because they really uh, hammer in that And then even like the big Trump one is bump 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 bump. But it's like, hey, it works. I remember it, and that's probably gonna be the thinking of the Academy voters too. That
2: song is actually on my workout playlist. Like that—that's that, a good <laughs> song to just get
0: shit done to. So that's my logic for for predicting Babylon. Do you guys uh, think uh, different?
1: I mean, for me, I, again, I didn't see Babylon, but um, knowing what that movie's about, it, it's probably gonna win that first score. It's I wish, I wish, like the Batman was, because I thought that was. Great fucking soundtrack. Yeah,
0: baby. That's also a soundtrack that spams its main theme. Rightfully so, though. It slaps.
1: With what Colin said before about the sound design, how it was so personal. Like, every single theme in that movie is so personal to every one of the characters.
2: Dude, Catwoman's theme? Catwoman's theme is incredible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, again, it's like the Batman's theme for Batman. It's so simple, but it just feels like, it, it feels like the Batman.
0: So that's a big snub for you, Was the Batman not getting a score Yeah, nom. so yes. I, I'll
1: say gotcha. for a prediction, it'll be Babylon, but Batman got snubbed.
0: But what about, what about the Fablemans though? Like it's John Williams.
1: Yeah, but I don't remember it at all. This
0: might be like his last score ever if he, because he could <laughs> die tomorrow, you know, like they should give it to him. <laughs> I
2: don't remember Yay. how it sounds, but I remember being very moved when I was watching it. Yeah, like, yeah. It's,
0: it's effective. It yeah. works. Um, but that's, I mean, it's John Williams. Uh, okay, I lost my list. Sorry. So we're at Forks. Okay, I'm going back to... I got, I'm trying to do it in the order they were announced in. Adapted screenplay. All Quiet on the Western Front. Glass Onion. A Knives Out Mystery. Living. Top Gun Maverick. And Women Talking.
1: Top Gun!
0: What's this for again? Uh adapted screenplay. Huh. Huh. Huh.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go with Mavic.
1: That literally could have been the dumbest movie ever. I'm for gonna a sequel you know to what? Top Gun. But yeah. it, instead it's a fucking masterpiece. Oh,
0: it is structurally great. Yeah. I'm gonna be cynical. Uh and even though I haven't yet seen Women Talking, and I do plan to see it. Uh, I'm going to cynically guess that, that it's going to go to Women Talking for Best Screenplay because that I think the socially important adapted uh, s- a screenplay nominee tends to win, right? Hmm. I don't know. You know, cut this out. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting
2: because she Shad didn't receive any nominations, and I feel like that's in a very important film. I didn't see it.
0: Uh, I think it just wasn't really that good. Yeah. Uh, what, I heard it was what, kind of boring, she what's, said. What's that movie? What did she it's say? It's about like an investigation into the Weinstein stuff. Oh. We don't need to talk about Weinstein 2 podcasts in a
1: row.
0: I already ranted about All right. Halloween 6 and the last... Cutting it out, yeah. <laughs> cutting it
1: out.
0: <down. laughs> Alright, so I mean, I guess, I guess if I'm voting with my heart, Top Gun Maverick, but I think uh, cynically I'm voting women talking for... Uh, best adapted screenplay and that i might change that vote if i see women talking and think I it's not as good as uh me. but uh you know i I've, I've heard good things about it and i'm sure it's you know it could win
1: how okay. to the danger
0: zone <laughs> all right original screenplay banshees of Sharon, everything everywhere all at once the fableman's tar or triangle of sadness
1: Ooh, that's kind of hard.
0: Tor! I'm surprised, because what about Banshees for you, Colin? Aren't you, like, really big into that movie? There's so many good movies that came out this year. I love Banshees.
2: I love Everything Everywhere. Everything Everywhere is probably the most revolutionary screenplay, but just in terms of sheer quality, it's going to go to Big Todd. You know what I mean?
0: Big Todd with his big tall. (laughs)
1: Okay, I'm kind of torn. I
0: mean, here's my take, though. Is that, like... I don't think I really said this on the previous episode, but, like, when I first saw Tar, I, like, respected it, but I thought, I don't know if this is, like, my type of movie, though, because it is a lot of people sitting down and talking.
1: Um, I think for me, I'm gonna agree a little bit with that. It's it's just a lot of talking that I wasn't a fan of. I wanted to see more of her. Like, there are parts parts I like. I like
0: like when she's being a bitch to that student. I like that part. Like, there's stuff like that, but Destroys I'm, like, thinking, like... Destroys him! Yeah, like, I will eliminates say, like, <laughs> the man.
2: Eliminates him!
0: Banshees have been a share, and it's, like, this is, like, a great craft... This is a very well-crafted story, and it's really funny and sad. Like, I think... Yeah. I, I, my vote is for, for Banshees. I'm
1: gonna go with The Fablemans for me, because it, it re- that movie definitely moved me in a lot of ways, too. It's... Mm. it for a, sure, it did. Very personal, so I will uh I'll say that for original screenplay.
0: I'm gonna skip live action short film and animated short film.
1: Yeah, because we probably haven't seen any of them.
0: Yeah. We don't really <laughs> give a them. F- uh, <laughs> I'm sure they're all great. Uh actor in a supporting role. Okay. Brendan G- Gleason in Banshees of in a sharon Brian Tyree Henry in Causeway. I don't know what Causeway is. Do you guys know what Causeway is? No. The Jennifer Lawrence comeback movie where she plays this veteran who has PTSD
2: and cleans pools with uh, Brian Tyree Henry. Is it good? I haven't seen it. I love Jennifer Lawrence. I absolutely love Brian Tyree Henry, but it's only available for
0: streaming on right. uh, Apple TV. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so we got Brendan Gleeson, Brian Tyree Henry, and then Judd Hirsch for The Fableman's. Uh, Barry Keoghan for Banshees and a uh, uh, Kiwi Kwan for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Uh, at first, I just want to mention: uh, big snub is not nominating Paul Dano for The Fablemans and yeah. giving that to Judd Hirsch yeah. instead.
1: Uh, I mean, look, Judd Hirsch was amazing in that. He was in like two scenes.
0: One scene. It was a wacky, goofy performance. You know, Mm -hmm. it was like... It was a a good performance. It was impactful. It it was an important scene. But also, like, Paul Dano is driving that movie. Uh, But much like how his character gets cucked, uh, (laughs) he gets cucked from uh, an Oscar nomination. (laughs) He was also cucked for the Ridlow. Yeah. Like, he does a phenomenal job. That was the the gag. That was the gag. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: But... Anyway, my prediction is uh, uh, Ki he Kwan, just because I think it's a nice story. Him winning, his him winning the Golden Globe. His speech was really sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'm going to second and, that,
1: and even though Daniels. I haven't seen it. I'm cheering for the guy.
0: Yeah, I'm happy for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm uh, and I think I think, I think I think I I have a feeling that the Academy voters might be happy for him too, and might. Because they, like they like a story, you know, they like to, yeah. would it be nice to put this guy up? Because he's kind of an underdog, you know? You yeah. know what my pick would be, though? What? Out of
2: those five guys. Who? I and mean, it's because he's my quirky little guy, and I love him so much, and I love his character so much. It's Barry. It's, it's uh, Barry Keoghan <laughs> in uh, Banshee's <laughs> Rinna's Dominic. I loved that character so much. He's so precious to me, but he's not going to win
0: okay so what's your, so what's your prediction
2: is it uh, the, the the kid from tempo do
0: okay yeah. so you're going with uh, you're going with short round gotcha all right yeah Not he wand but uh, short round
1: <laughs> that's his name
0: <laughs> his name is short round all right uh best original song applause from tell it like a woman what what uh, ah. hold my hand from Top Gun maverick remember that the one yep. that lady gaga sings
1: mm-hmm.
0: um lift me up from Black panther kind of forever uh, not to not from RRR, fuck yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, this is a life from everything everywhere all at once, which by the way is sung by uh, David Byrne. So, huh. shout out to my boy David Byrne.
1: I, I'm gonna go with uh, RRR on this one. You think so? That was a kick ass song, it's not gonna win, but, but that was that was a great song.
0: I mean, I feel like any other year it would probably go to hold my hand, mm-hmm. you know. It's it's a Lady Gaga ballad. It's it's this year's Shallows, you know. <laughs> yeah. But...
2: I mean, has has Lady Gaga won an Oscar? Yet? Yeah, yeah. She yeah has. I just said Shallows from yeah, uh, she a is
0: Born. That, <laughs> that
2: yeah. was a big year. <laughs> I I still haven't seen a Stars It's Board. okay. Is, is, that yeah, what, it's, is that what? Is checking nice, out? It's nice. Yeah.
0: The fact that Natu Natu, which is a banger of a song, mm-hmm. d- uh, did win. Uh, a Golden Globe that is is something, for sure. Okay. And so that does... Now, I, I'm i not entirely sure. I think it's a tight matchup between Hold My Hand and Natu Natu. Because, like, Natu uh, Natu is the, is the pick uh, the Academy would make if they decide to be cool this year.
1: But they're going to do Hold My Hand.
0: Yeah, or... Yeah, but if they decide to be boring, so. then it's Hold My Hand. So I'm not entirely mm-hmm. sure. I think a more important prediction is... Do they have the balls to have a live performance of Natu Natu? Oh my god! On the telecast,
1: that is the only reason I'd watch that. Will they do it? If they do it, I'll I'll watch.
0: They've been kind of inconsistent with what song because some years, one year they did no song performances. Most years they do all the songs, but like lately, they've been like, okay, we're only gonna do a few of the songs, you know? So. That's a tough one. I I, I hope that Natu Natu gets a live performance. That'd be really fun to see like a big Tollywood dance number in the Dolby uh, theater or whatever it's called. That'd be amazing. Hell yeah. Okay, let's move on to... I don't really know. Do you guys know any of the documentary feature films? All the Breeds, all the Beating the Fire of Love. uh...
2: There was one that got a major snub in this category. Which one? Moonate's Daydream. Was a beautiful, evocative... Uh, repetitive, palpable, repetitive, repetitive, perhaps, uninformative.
0: <laughs> it it, it oh. was such a sensory experience. It was just a clip show of cool David Bowie moments. No, it, it was so much fun. You, didn't, you don't learn a anything from it. it was you a don't glimpse, learn anything from it. It was
2: a glimpse into David Bowie's hodgepodge philosophy. Okay. I was seeing life through David Bowie's eyes. But they like totally
0: movie. skip over late Bowie. They just like, they skip over entire chunks of his career. It's just, it's just the director's favorite parts of his career.
2: It's not supposed to be informative, it's supposed to be a sensory experience. And that's what it did for me. It made me feel his music on a deep level, it made me understand the man.
0: It yeah, but was also, beautiful. It's, it's a documentary, not a roller coaster. Documentaries have a little bit of a uh, responsibility to uh, educate a little bit. Not necessarily. You know? Documentaries bit. can be whatever you want, but they can like they're supposed to depict. They're supposed to be a de- as a depiction of reality. Yeah, it's their be whole like, purpose is to. It know, should be more re-
1: educational, a more entertaining way, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, so. I
2: disagree. I disagree personally, but anyway, yeah, we haven't seen any of these
0: films. We're skipping documentary short film. There's no way any of us has seen documentary yeah. short film, and now we have um. And I don't mean this to sound bigoted, but this year's nominees for international feature film are incredibly boring. Do they have Decision to Leave in, though? Yeah, Decision to Leave is not in there. Bullshit. It's not in there.
2: I don't like on air, but that's fucking bullshit.
0: Okay, the nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Argentina 1985, Close, EO, and Quiet Girl. Uh, RRR is not on there either.
1: Fuck off. Fuck off. Dude, that movie kicked ass.
0: Moving along.
1: <laughs> Moving along.
0: This one's Moving a tough one, along. actually. This one, this one is actually, like, these are all good ones. Uh, mm. it's for an animated feature film. Oh, god. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. <laughs> one of my favorite films of the year, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, really good, like, everyone should see it. Uh, Ian, you might be happy to see this get a nomination. What? Uh The Sea Beast.
1: The CVs, what's that? I I never saw it.
0: I thought it was that it's that Netflix animated movie with the kaijus.
1: Oh, uh yeah, no, I didn't see it.
0: Oh, I thought you did.
1: No, I didn't. <laughs> you'd like it. You would like okay. it.
0: You'd like it. It's, it's got Netflix, big sea monsters. Right? Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's got big sea monsters. I think you'd like it. Okay, cool. Um and then uh turning red. Boo. Alright, so this is actually like this is actually like a crazy year, because usually it's obvious that it's gonna go to Disney Pixar, but this year it's like, I mean, shit. Guillermo del Toro's *Pinocchio* and like *Puss in Boots: The Last Wish* are undeniably better than *Turning Red*.
2: Of and, course. And like,
0: <laughs> as much as I love *Marcel the Shell with On*, that's like my favorite movie of last year, or at least one of them. Uh, you know, like it's it's a little too hipster for the Oscars.
1: I'm gonna say that *Pinocchio* is gonna win.
2: You gonna go with Pinocchio? How about you, Carl? I haven't seen Pinocchio yet, but I've been told it's an indictment on fascism. I feel like America needs that these days.
0: Yeah, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is a great indictment on fascism, and also it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's, like, perfect, because, like, is known for his character designs. And it's just, yes. like, just imagine putting that in a stop-motion environment. It is so gorgeous, and it's so lovingly, carefully done, and you can tell that, like, Guillermo del Toro has so much respect for his audience, he didn't just make a stupid kids movie, you know? Like Zemeckis did with his Pinocchio. (laughs) He's been campaigning really hard to get people to respect uh, animation as uh, a medium and not a genre.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it's amazing. Animation's, like, beautiful and should be its own thing, (laughs) you know? If we could get any
2: film bro on this podcast, I would want it to be Guillermo. Not because he's my favorite filmmaker, but he just has such a beautiful, palpable passion for mm. film. He just loves talking about it. His eyes light up. I, I think he's just a wonderful human being to be around. We
0: should get him on the pod. We should contact him. That's what I'm saying. Let's
2: get him on the pod. Let's
0: get yeah, him on the pod. Also,
1: like, something that, uh Colin, before you came on, I was telling Ross that, like, The Shape of Water is in my top 15. Yeah. So, it's such a beautiful fucking movie.
0: I still got to see yeah. that one. Uh, so, do, are we all an- anonymously unanimously agreeing that it's going to go to Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio?
1: hmm
0: Yes. All right, cool. Funny that, like, they include his name in the title, because it came out the same year as the Disney Pinocchio.
2: And another <laughs> Pinocchio. There was three Pinocchios that came
0: out in one year.
1: Father, I can not go on my own.
0: All right, so, moving along to uh, makeup and hairstyling. All quite on the Western front. Uh, the Batman... Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Elvis and the Whale.
1: The Batman.
0: Yeah, Batman. You fool. For makeup and hairstyling, you're picking Batman? Yes. For... Yes. Oh wait, I I forgot about the penguin. Yeah, yes. like what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I was thinking about the whale, because of like the fat suit. No, 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 no. no, no. I was like thinking in my head, no one was transformed in the Batman. Oh wait a minute! <laughs> His
2: transformation was so good that you didn't even think about it.
0: Yeah. All right. Then yeah, it's kind of yeah, it kind of has to go to the Batman. Yeah. The
1: Batman. <laughs> Unanimous. The Batman.
2: Definitely all not right. Wakanda Forever because Angela Bass's wig in Wakanda Forever
1: is
0: terrible. <laughs> Her wig is all just right. so bad. All right, let's I'm... move on. <laughs> all right. Production design. Uh, all quiet on the Western Front. Avatar: The Way of Water. Babylon, Elvis, the Fablemans.
1: Hmm, that's kind of trippy. You know, I want to say... I want to say Elvis. um, But I think my personal pick is going to go to the Fablemans.
0: I'm going to say Babylon. I'm going to second you on that, Ross. Babylon is like production design, the movie. Like, every scene just kind of exists to show the setting off. Yeah. You know, it's very like interesting. it's just like it's just shot in a way that's just like, look at this fucking thing we did. Fuck. Yeah. Look at all this money we're spending on this orgy setting and not getting <laughs> it <know>? back. <laughs> and yeah, just like the way, it, it, you know, they recreated like silent movie sets and the the way they recreated that entire set from that old old musical that Singing in the Rain was originally from. Like that was really cool with the big Noah's Ark painting. That was really impressive that they recreated mm-hmm. all that. Okay, moving along to film editing. Oh. Um uh, hmm. Banshees of Vinish Sharon Elvis, <laughs> Everything Everywhere All at Once, Tar and Top Gun Maverick.
2: Top Gun Everything Everywhere.
0: Everything Everywhere All At Once is a really impressive. Uh also, uh, Mad Props, that movie is uh edited in an Adobe premiere.
1: No cool. cool. shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Nice. Cause the Daniels are like their origins are like DIY filmmakers, that's what they use, so it makes sense, you know. Um, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna say Top Gun Maverick, uh, because that is like, you know, there was like, they shot over like, uh, I forget the number, it was a crazy amount of footage, though, that they shot, it was like 800 hours of footage or something like that, for just the plane stuff, Wow. because the way they shot it was like, the director, like, (laughs) talked to everyone on the ground about what needs to get done, Mm -hmm. right, and then they all went up in the planes and just did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they all have these cameras. Basically, the the actors are operating, the, are pressing record on the cameras themselves. Yeah, there's
1: like a shit ton of them right in the cockpit.
0: They're just all flying at the same time and, uh, just doing their thing in the. In the I just the think for
1: Top Gun, it was something that not even just because oh I was on the edge of my seat, it was the fact that they were able to, really make me feel like I'm in that. Jet regardless and cutting in between yeah. all of
0: them. And not just the like the the medium close-ups of the yeah, actors no, no, in the no. in the cockpit. Not just oh, that, no. but just like the like the side views. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: The side like, views, like Ross was saying, yeah.
0: They got so much coverage mm-hmm. for a movie that uses fighter jets. It's yes. really impressive. And yeah. they and it's a lot of coverage and they use it really well. It's beautiful. Alright, moving along. Uh, cinematography. I think there's some big snubs on this one. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, Bardo, Elvis, Empire of Light, Tar. What is with All Quiet on the Western Front? What is this movie? Why is it in heavy category? It's a remake of the old movie that also won an Oscar. It
2: makes so much sense that old people like this movie.
1: I'm going to say this. What got snubbed or the two that got snubbed. Um, The Batman. Yes. And Mm -hmm. Top Gun.
0: For sure. Yeah, And also, where's Nope?
2: Oh, Nope was completely snubbed entirely. Nope is in no categories.
0: Nope invented a whole new way to shoot night scenes. And it's just not there? What the fuck? Uh, also, Babylon? Yeah, that, that has some very pretty shots. It's true. So, uh, uh I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know what the best cinematography...
1: I'm saying the but Batman me. and Top Gun. Even though they're not on there, fuck off.
0: You're gonna... Okay, <laughs> sure. Uh, I don't know tar looked good todd did look good
1: all right i'll support let's support our boy todd we'll just yes. say i'll say Tar. he
0: i mean he's not the cinematographer Florian, i don't give a shit off my, all right, whatever. <laughs> okay visual effects all quiet on the western front avatar the way of water the batman black panther top gun
1: Ooh, this is rough for me Um, Probably
0: Avatar, right? Yeah, it's going to Avatar. It's going to Avatar. It's going to Avatar. That that was like 14 (laughs) years in the making. Well, of
1: course it's going to Avatar. But like, my personal pick is probably... Don't you say
2: Maverick. Don't you say Maverick.
1: The Batman.
2: (laughs) Okay.
1: Okay. Fine. Because Top Gun was great, but I don't really... You feel like the VFX or like the CGI was good. So what do we
0: what What do they call that thing with the the Unreal Engine and they have the screens behind them instead of green screens? Oh,
1: the uh, some light light shit. I, I can't remember what it exactly is, it's, but that was like the Batman, like
0: overload. Like that's like the best use of it. Yeah, um, like, dude, I'll
1: say man. with any CGI, the the two best CGI movies I saw this year obviously avatars up there, but I really enjoyed how the Batman looked, even if it didn't look completely real, just in the style and the setting and the atmosphere of how they made it, it really feels like the world and it feels even like though, th- in Gotham. Yeah. Yeah. But and even yeah. though with avatar, obviously the motion capture is amazing. All the CGI in it is beautiful. doesn't look like a computer, but I think personally for me, I'm going to give it to the
0: Batman. All right. It's going to Avatar though. I know it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no okay. I have a quick side note. Mm-hmm. Should Avatar have been nominated for best animated?
1: <laughs> it should have been best animated movie. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> is Avatar an animated film? Yeah, it is. Yeah. that's That's yeah. really
1: what it is. There's a lot of action yeah. things in there, but like 90% of that movie is CGI.
0: Performance capture. Isn't that different from rotoscoping? I don't see. You know, I don't see you the know.
1: difference personally, yeah. but with
0: something, it's you know, they're going to say like, Oh my God. Da, da, da. It's animation mm-hmm. where they heavily reference the performance of actors.
2: I just know big Jim wouldn't be happy if it was nominated for Animated.
1: I know. And I
2: like seeing Big Jim happy.
1: I know, but just... Alright, let's move on, I don't want to argue, but... Okay.
0: <laughs> Alright, okay. Uh, actor in a leading role. Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for Banshees, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Paul Mescal for After Aftersun, and Bill Nighy for Living.
1: Brendan Fraser!
0: I don't think The Whale is a good movie, But Brandon Fraser's performance brought
2: me to tears. Yes. So being able to give that great performance in that cliché and contrived of a film is incredibly impressive. So I give
0: it to Brandon Fraser. Okay, but don't you want to see Austin Butler go on stage and say, thank you very much?
1: You see, no. (laughs) (laughs) I I just want... Brendan, is he's got a huge comeback right now. I've loved the guy. Yeah. Even if he's in a shitty movie, he's the best part of it. I have loved him since I was a kid when I saw The Mummy.
0: Hmm. And
1: just everything he's in, I love.
0: I haven't seen The Whale yet. I'm sure he is really good in it. But don't you think there is some to the fact that ever since Austin Butler played Elvis, he can't stop doing the Elvis voice?
1: can't stop doing the Elvis voice.
0: He's just always... he. That's just how he talks now. It's a part of him now. His his voice has been permanently changed. Exactly. It was so It was so surreal at the Golden Globes. <laughs> I know. When he's like, Oh, thank you, Mama, so much. We're up there. Like, what the fuck is going on?
1: Thank you, Mama. Uh, well, I want to just thank my mother right there.
0: That was so weird.
2: My sweet prince. Anyway,
0: uh, yeah, it'll probably go to Brendan Fraser. You're right. But yeah. I kind of want to see Austin Butler's acceptance speech just because... I, he's he's just Elvis now <laughs> it's just funny to me all right moving um, on. Kate Blanchett for tar Anna de Armas for blonde um Andrea Riceboro for to Leslie Michelle Williams for the Fablemans leading that's kind of interesting mm. um and Michelle Yeoh for everything mm. every all at once
1: going to tar Kate Blanchett
0: Kate Blanchett man that performance mm. was incredible mm, yeah probably uh, ac- side note, do you know about the whole 2Leslie, uh, Andrea Riseborough thing? No. So, basically, Too leslie is, like, this, like, super low budget, uh, well, not super low budget, it's a, it's a Sundance movie, and they didn't have the funding to campaign for the Oscars, and so they just campaigned really hard on social media, and it, it kind of became a meme, uh, Mark Maron, who's in the movie, he, like, gave a shout-out to, uh, 2Leslie at the end of an episode of his podcast, Uh, He said directly to the Academy Voters, hey, and all you Academy Voters Watch 2 Leslie (laughs) (laughs) They just like Pushed really really hard for this movie No one's ever heard of to get a nomination And they did it and I'm happy for them all right. Uh, I don't know if it's a good movie or a bad movie, but cool. this is Except a win for, for the little guy. Yeah, that, good
1: for them, man.
0: Uh, Andrea Riseborough gets uh gets an Oscar nomination. She gets to show up on the red carpet, even though no one has seen her movie. Good for her. Yeah,
1: kick-ass, man. <laughs> kick-ass.
0: Um. Okay.
2: And in case no one knows who Andrea Riseborough is, she's the uh, lady
0: from Mandy. Oh, is she? Yes, she's Mandy. I get yeah yeah that's her name Bandy. that's the name of the character she's Bandy. yeah that's <laughs> her name yeah are you sure about that I am
2: positive I just checked it on Letterboxd.
0: Oh cool okay all right nominees for directing we're yeah. getting closer to the big one all right Banshees of Inisherin everything everywhere all at once uh, the Fablemans Tar Triangle of Sadness
1: um hmm. I'm kind of torn. Uh, You know what, I'm going to say our boy Todd Yeah, I thought that was Seeing that and having And even listening to him How he made it I Honestly, yeah that's just beautiful I was going to say, I think my second is Spielberg So I just, you know, Mm. obviously But still We're going to give it
0: to our boy Todd Todd, if you're listening (laughs) This is tough Because I'm like thinking like Spoiler: time. My prediction for best picture is *The Fablemans, right? So I'm like, well, it can't win best picture, but not anything else, right? So it's mm-hmm. probably got to win directing, also, right? I mean, the directing is pretty impeccable in yeah. that movie. It's how... Steven Fucking Spielberg at his like peak. Like, He's the master. It's not, and this yeah. isn't th- yeah. this isn't Ready Player One Spielberg. This no. is like this is
2: Spielberg at his most personal. This is Spielberg baring his soul for the audience to see recreating his home life. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm going to yeah. just say for me, it's a, I, I go back and forth, but I'm going to say Todd or Spielberg. That's what I'll say.
0: I'm going Spielberg. Uh, Alright. And then we made it to Best Picture. Woo. Here are the nominees. All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of the Water, <laughs> uh, Banshees of Inisherin,
1: <laughs> The Way Elvis. of the Water,
0: the way of the water (laughs) the way of the water
1: (laughs) you know the way Um,
0: (laughs) everything everywhere all at once the fablemans tar top gun triangle of sadness women talking
1: top gun really yeah i'm going with top gun man
0: I mean, if we're going to like... Wow. It did single-handedly save the movie business. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> like, <it> kind of... <laughs> I guess. Uh, uh, th- that is pretty good. Yeah, big. that is, that is, that is, really is kind of...
1: And I'm going to say this, that I love... I think The Fablemans was like my second favorite movie of last year. Because it was super personal to me as well. But I think watching Top Gun Maverick in the theater with my friends... Uh, it was a packed theater, too. I mean, it was explosive in there. And it was a lot of fun. Um, and, I don't know, action, drama, it, it just worked, man. It made over, what, like, hmm. $1.4 That's another thing, too. That was so surprising.
0: Bad, and yeah. also, like, it's not unheard of for uh, uh, a a movie to win Best Picture because... Oh, did flight win? No. uh, The very first Oscar for Best Picture, Wings from 1927. yeah! Ah, I'm a smart boy. Uh, I'm a smart boy. But Um, I,
1: I will say that this Top Gun Maverick, it is a masterpiece. And I know I've said it so many times with these nominations because I legit think it's somewhere in like my top
0: 10. Top Gun is definitely winning editing for sure. Um, I do
1: think though that realistically, it'll probably go to the famous.
2: I mean, has has Spielberg gotten an Oscar yet?
1: Yeah, he got it for Schindler's List for Good. Best Picture Good. and Best Director.
0: Okay. And then anything else?
1: Um, I think he's been nominated a bunch of times.
0: Um, let me see. Wait.
1: Look it up real Spielberg,
0: quick. Spielberg Spielberg Oscar wins. On a
2: side note, I do think Tor is the best movie of this year. Okay. And so that's what
0: my pick is. Uh, He did win for Saving Private Ryan. Oh, we did. Yeah, I, I think so. Okay, cool. Um, okay.
1: That was another so great that. flick.
2: That's another, yeah. like, one of those huge movies that I haven't seen yet that I'm just, like, oh, I can't. God. It's just a can that I'm kicking, and I'm like, one of these days I'll get around to Saving Private
0: Ryan.
1: I think I have it on DVD.
0: I'm predicting The Fablemans, not just because I think it's the most obvious thing that the Academy would pick, but also because it is, like, is definitely one of my favorite movies of the year. Uh, Like, this is, it's my favorite out of this list. Like, if I had to pick one that I'm like, I want to rewatch that right now, uh, I'd probably pick The Fablemans. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's all the uh, nominations. How much time did we spend on this?
1: Uh, 50 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Who wants to start with... Him a rink. Uh Actually, could I start him a Rink? I'm more of the horror enthusiast on this. Of course. Go ahead. And it's
2: freshest in your mind, too, because you just watched it last night.
1: Yeah. So what's a Rink? So a Rink is about two kids who are at home, wake up in the middle of the night, and their father is missing. But soon enough, as the night goes on, things in the house begin to disappear, And something far scarier comes afoot. I'm going to say this, that it didn't need to be 100 minutes. Uh, It could have been shorter. But I am going to say when it picks up and it starts getting freaky, I was terrified. It was one of these weird movies that I was like, oh, you know what, whatever. It looks like a found footage, but it isn't. And it's, it's something where, and I don't know if you you guys feel this way, I've seen it a lot in reviews. But when I was a kid, and even being an adult, you know, I've had these types of nightmares, there's been like these, like when you're up so late at night, you know, your mind just starts playing tricks on you. Like, I was at a sleepover years ago. And we just stayed up super late and eventually my friends fell asleep but I was still up. And I remember just my mind playing tricks on me through the whole time I was awake. And it was scary as fuck to see like this, there was like a torn out uh, from the inside German Shepherd, these shadows moving all over the walls and shit. Um, And it reminded me of that moment. And I just think with how it's edited and put together, it's definitely... And I get that they had to do it this way for it to be with the vision, but it really could have been, I want to say, like, 80 minutes at the most. But I will say this, too, that I knew nothing about the movie. I just knew the poster and the title. I heard, you know, like, oh, my God, this is a freaky movie. I mean, you guys told me. You know, like, oh, my gosh, it's, like, creepy, spooky, scary. And I was like, eh, you know what? It might be.
2: Oh, you thought we were sissies. Yeah,
0: I did, because... You thought we were sissies. No, I'm, like... I'm pretty brave with horror movies. so Nothing really... Because I know everything's fake, so it's like, yeah, that ain't scary. The thing that
1: also reminded me or the movie that reminded me the most of was, like, Eraserhead.
0: That's... I was just about to say, is that, like, this movie genuinely feels like a nightmare and like the only other movie I can think of that feels like that is Eraserhead.
2: What's so interesting about this film is that the director Kyle Edward Bell got his start with a YouTube channel dedicated to filming people's nightmares. Really? He solicited submissions from viewers just saying like comment about what your biggest nightmare is, tell me about it and I'll make a short film out of it. And interestingly enough, so many people kept on uh submitting a nightmare, bro it's he they're just a kid stuck in this house with their parents not around, and it kept on getting more and more uh, submissions with the same idea because everyone has had this nightmare, and so he was eventually just like, "I'll make this into a film."
0: And also, I feel like the I'm not gonna I don't think we're gonna spoil, uh, but like the last shot of the the last shot of the movie is straight out of yes. my nightmares. Yes. I had to look I away like
1: at a, like at that a point. I was just like, "Oh yeah. fuck that," you know. And this is what I also love about. Or how it's so diverse in the stories that you can do, and this is something that reminded me a lot of Slender Man, especially with that specific jump scare that happens. I won't ruin.
2: Oh, that's one spooky jump scare.
1: Yeah, when that happened, I jumped out of my chair.
0: There, there, there were two <laughs> spooky jump scares. No, there were three. There was three. That's just like it's like an electrical mm-hmm. malfunction. And then there's that one. And then there's the the one that's kind of cheap. Yeah, the, the one end. that was, like,
1: <laughs> cheap at the end, I wasn't a fan of. But, like, the second one, I was like, fuck that shit, man. What the hell's going on? Man? That one was
2: impeccable. Yeah. That was an impeccable jump scale. That 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 made me scream and jump out of my seat.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I was... Me and, me and Colin saw it in the theater together. We were all on the theater. We were the only ones in there, uh, which is... Kind of the ideal way to watch it because you're distraction free, and if you get scared, you got a buddy to talk to.
1: <laughs> I was with my brother the whole time. Yeah. The
0: two of us we were just like, "And eh, isn't gonna be yeah.
1: creepy." The two of us by the end we were just like, "No, I couldn't sleep until like three in the morning."
0: We were very shook. Um, also, I want to mention a couple things about. I want to mention a few things about the way it's it's shot is really interesting because it's like you you pretty much never see the characters' faces. Uh, And when you do see a face, it's a scary face.
2: May I read a quote from Kyle Edward Bell? The guy who directed the movie? Surely. So he said, I set rules in place that I wasn't allowed to break. We never see someone's face. We avoid showing people on screen for too long. Whatever dialogue is delivered is always delivered off screen. We never go outside. We never leave the house. We're always in the house, even if at the beginning you see windows and doors in the house. The blinds
0: are always shut, so we never get a view of the outside world. These are such like absurd rules. How they did he come up are. with these rules? About like, like, like no dialogue on screen, only off-screen dialogue. Yeah,
2: and this is that's like, not what? even the end. Why there's also no music in the movie? <laughs> I set these rules in place. There is music in the movie. No, that, that, that's from
0: the BTS. That yeah, that's from like the music.
1: the fucking cartoon. So that doesn't. But count.
0: that is, but that 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 is still music. That's so, but like no non diegetic music. Yes. But wait, isn't there isn't there a musical moment at but, the end? But no. fellas, fellas, mm. great. Anyway, He's, he goes okay. on to
2: explain why he has these rules. Okay, continue. So mm-hmm. he says, "I set these rules in place before I even got the script going, just so that I would have a foundation to build on." Once I started writing, because I had these rules in place, I actually found it freeing to be walking within a said framework.
0: That is kind of true with every kind of film. Is like every film has limits, and so you got to work with those limits. Unless you're James Cameron. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to mention the, the graininess of it real quick. I love it. Because I thought... I'm not entirely sure. Like, are they going for like a yes. VHS look? Yeah, I guess. I believe so. Because mm-hmm. at times, it, at times, it also kind of looked like like eight ah, millimeter so cool. film. Because like it had the scratches. I, I was kind of thinking about how like the graininess really kind of emulated the feeling of being in the dark and you're seeing things that right. aren't there. Because when you're looking at random static and you're staring at it like into a into the darkness at a point in the movie. You feel like you see something, but it's not there. Because you're just seeing patterns in the static well, void like, that your brain's exactly making up. That's exactly
1: what it was. Like, really, my experience with that sleepover I had years ago. Like, when I was watching yeah, that, that's literally what happens. It's just your brain, when even you just look at the dark, it just, your imagination goes completely off the rails
2: it takes place in the director's childhood home mm-hmm. and all the toys that are used in the film were actually toys, toys from that him. his sister and him had
0: oh that's cool
2: so it's it's very personal yeah very I, personal film and, nice. and even with yeah
1: i don't know if you guys did this or anything like when you guys started making movies but when i was like in high school um i got this cheap ass camcorder and I tried just sort of making creepy shots and putting it together. So when I was watching this, I was like, eh, "I, I kind of did this too. That's kind of cool. Good for this guy. He, yeah. was, he was able to do this, you know, for 15k.
0: That's kind of so. Fun, yeah, yeah
1: it, it's fun.
0: Yeah, and the fact that how the hell did this get a theatrical release? I is think because
1: me. and I'm glad because it's, because it. it's got Shutter. big backers.
0: Uh,
2: IFC Films, Shutter. Shutter, Shutter. Yeah, I think it was yeah. Shutter
1: that basically said we want to put this in the theater. I and also just I know I've talked about it the most. But I have one other thing to talk about with Skin of a Rink is when a movie like this, it feels like it's going to have a Blair Rich effect a little bit. Um, I it already yeah, kind of it, does. It's just something that like I hope it, I hope it doesn't get into. I mean, it probably will get into parody, but at the same time. um yeah i I just think it captures the feel of a nightmare the jump scares aren't like the cheap ass jump scares even the last one but at the same time dude it's just it's something that shook me to the core which is it that's just surprising because i've seen probably every horror movie under the sun and most of them are like yeah you know that's a little scary but this was like Fuck me. <laughs> like, yeah. Like the
2: primary reason that Ross and I got through our screening of it is because we were talking
0: to each other and we were trying to make, we were trying to make jokes about the movie.
1: That's what I did too.
0: My favorite bit was like during a quiet part of the movie. I was like, Hey, Hey, I can do Foley for this movie too. Look. <laughs> Cause like there's all these weird little tapping sounds and stuff. In the and movie. then I started doing <laughs> like,
2: Foley too. And then he was like, "Wait, is that part of the film or are you doing that?"
0: And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm doing." That. Ooh, <laughs> like,
2: oh,
1: spooky, spooky, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: what's so impressive about this film though is that it made 100 times its budget. How
1: much has it made?
2: It's it's made $1.5 million.
1: <laughs>
2: and it was only released Damn. 11 days ago. That's like That's incredibly impressive. Uh,
1: that's like high in yeah. the most successful independent movies is this technically
2: independent it has to be oh totally it okay. is an independent it is. movie
0: yeah.
1: totally is. okay
0: this is a definition yeah. of an independent movie yeah uh, so right. yeah it's just they just got picked up by shutter and then shutter is this the first time shutter's done like a I feel theatrical like they've done it before? distribution um, yeah. i don't know what but well maybe mandy right that's not no i think sh- i think mandy got Bought by Shutter after the fact. It got okay. like after it's. I still haven't seen release, Mandy, so I'm not... <laughs> You haven't seen Mandy? Dude, I, that's the most Ian bako movie <laughs> I have seen under the sun.
2: That movie was. That's custom-made. like yeah.
0: Is it on Shutter? It's got everything.
2: Yeah. Okay. I, I so, think so it is. Yeah. Have to
1: watch that.
2: All right. It's got Nikki Cage. It's got a fucking saint All fight. It's it's got everything that you would want. Ian. It's got satanic cults. It's got a really cool tiger in it that looks prehistoric.
1: You would Stop love it. Stop talking about it. I want to watch it for myself.
2: <laughs> I, I know. I don't even need to pitch it anymore. It's, it's a movie made for you.
1: I just know there's like that, there's an image, the only image I've seen from it because I've deliberately, since it's been out, I just don't look at anything for it, is this image of Nick Cage looking at the camera with blood everywhere on his face with a hot light on him. And I was just like,
0: he's like in yeah. a big room and he has and like a I tiger shirt like, on yeah that's a great scene <laughs> any final thoughts on mandy i mean skinnamarink so uh i'm gonna say this it's
1: it isn't the scariest film i've ever seen but it's definitely in
0: the top 10 so what is the scariest movie you've um, ever seen
1: the original nosferatu eh, really?
0: really yeah like it, like it. Does it still scare
1: you? Yes, like, it gives me the creeps if I'm watching it alone at night. Yeah, uh,
0: but uh, I don't know. I just kind of, I don't know. It's it doesn't okay, well, like. Okay, what uh... is number two? How do you feel about
2: that? <laughs> oh, that works. That works.
0: I was like, if 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 I were in the 1920s, Nosferatu would be the scariest movie. But to Nosferatu me. was on <laughs> <But> like, SpongeBob.
1: <laughs> I don't care. It scared yeah. the shit out of me. Bite <laughs> me. <laughs>
2: My final thoughts on this film is that uh, it was just incredibly inspiring as a low-budget filmmaker mm. and as a producer to see a movie that was sold for $15,000 in only seven days. God damn. Made $1.5 million God in man. less than two weeks. That is, that is just very inspirational, miracle. this yeah. guy. It's not a miracle, though, because it, it makes total sense when you watch this film. It's a film that I feel like everyone should see.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I also think like everyone should see this. This is yeah, this is our Blair Witch. Our like, this is the movie to see. Like there's yeah. there's nothing. There, I don't think there's been anything quite like this no. movie. Like before. in the
1: past, uh, what was it, like twenty something years since Blair Witch was in ninety nine, I think um, something like that. It, it yes, yeah, since then, yeah, no, it, it's there's been some you yeah. know people who are like, oh, I can make. Blah, blah, blah. But they ended up making a bunch of shit. So
0: I'm curious to see, like, if there are any copycats of, of Skinner Marink. I
2: hope and pray that there's not going to be an SNL skit parody. There's
1: gonna you. be. You know what's
0: gonna happen? they are gonna, gonna get that I'm
2: above that that's not gonna happen.
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna double d- I'm gonna wager that uh, if they do do a Skinner parody, there's also gonna be like TikTokers in the parody. Because they love to get, they go a little. Oh, they get, they get, they like to get very unfocused with the yes. zeitgeist. They do a lot of um, "how do
2: you do, fellow kids" type of things in those skits these days.
0: They just try to cover everything, and then they just kind yeah. of fumble. All right, so rating from one to five. Five. Um Roth? I'm trying. I'm like, I feel like we've been giving out too many fives because we, we've seen a lot of great movies. I guess, but it's like it's so early in the podcast. I don't know. I, I, I'm gonna play it safe and say. Uh, I'm gonna go with four and a half.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna give it a four. I just feel like my one
0: complaint is that it did not have to be
1: a hundred minutes long.
0: Oh, I, I do have a complaint actually. I just remembered something. Uh, the because I was thinking like this whole movie is very dreamlike. Uh, except for the jump scares, because usually in a dream, if there's a jump scare, I wake up from the dream and it's over. And and, and like the jump scares like felt kind of like jump scares in general just kind of feel cheap because there's already so much stuff that's scary without a jump scare. You know, like if they're going to do a jump scare, they should have just put it all the way at the end. Uh, that would have been impressive. But just the because uh, like t- film Twitter lied to me. Film Twitter told me that this is a movie that doesn't rely on jump scares it it totally relies on jump scares
2: not not total reliance like it's it's not the lifeline for the movie
0: it definitely structures itself around jump scares cuz it's like obviously if you have 10 minutes of quiet and then all of a sudden the speakers go Brr, you're going to be startled you know so that's just like that felt a little and like there's one jump there's like you know that that third jump scare was like okay you just startled me just the for something yeah, that's basically I mean, a meme my like,
1: my thing is i didn't mind them the last one i had a bit of an issue with but i think all in all um they work it, it's something that i feel like this is a movie with jump scares that that worked they did, did work because i will go there's that. so many movies uh, that have jump scares that just don't fucking work you can just see him a mile away these jump scares you do kind of feel yeah. like you're about yeah. to die it's something yeah,
2: i had to calm myself down after these jump scares like my heart was beating as fast as mm-hmm. when i first saw the jump scare for like two minutes afterwards
0: every time there was a jump scare, yeah. i was like oh fuck oh, this yeah. i kept saying too i was just <laughs> yeah, like fuck like, you movie come <laughs> on
2: <laughs> yeah if i had blood pressure problems this movie would really fuck me up you know, I I would not sell this movie to an older person. Well,
1: thankfully, thankfully, I don't have heart problems. My family has a history of heart problems, so. <laughs>
2: so, Ian, this is not a movie that you should not watch for the rest of your life. You should <laughs> cap it at fifty. <laughs> no more Skidamarink after fifty.
0: I don't think skinmarink would be scary upon second. No, the watch. first time you I watch think, it it's I think scary. Most,
1: but then I, the next I, time it's sort of like, okay, that's a little creepy to look at, but like it's not gonna
0: freak you out. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like most horror movies are the most scary yeah. the first time you see it. If it's a good home movie though,
2: it becomes hypnotic. Like I can I can watch the Shining any day of the week, just because there's such a powerful atmosphere there that I just yeah.
0: there is like
1: there's a, there's an artistry yeah. to it, yeah. I'm gonna say that the one movie that consistently frightens me, um, even if I see one scene from it, is and it, you know, honestly I'll just say probably The Exorcist is the scariest film I've ever seen. It's just something that anytime I see a scene from that, even though I know what's gonna happen. I'm just like, oh, this is giving me the creeps. I can't look at this shit.
2: <laughs> what I love so much about The Exorcist 2 is that like, it's a movie, of a whole movie. But spoiler alert, good wins at the end. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the there's so many horror movies where it's just like the world's a terrible place and we're all going to hell. Or you know, it has yada, the, yada, yada. the scare
1: at the end where it's just the like, scare at the end Whoa. where the monster
2: comes back. Yeah, yeah, I, and like this is a movie that's the, that's saying. We can overcome the evils of
0: this world. And then with Skin
1: the <laughs> you're stuck in the void. they yeah. <laughs>
0: just stuck in the void. Yeah. Besides Skinner, you know what is like one of the scariest movies for me is uh, this one's kind of a weird one. But have you ever seen a Nocturnal Animal? Oh yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, that scared you? No, it's that one scene towards the beginning that really puts you on edge.
2: Oh yeah, I know, I know the, I know the scene you're talking about. That was well done.
0: It just like, it just it just goes so hard that you're feeling that impact for the rest of the movie, even though nothing worse than that happens, you know? Aaron Tyler Johnson remains underrated.
2: And that movie was back in freaking, freaking 2016. Yeah. That guy's a phenomenal actor.
0: Incredibly, incredibly unsettling movie, yes. Nocturnal Animals.
2: But uh, before we go... We just want to say, please subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're watching this on YouTube so that you can receive updates on all of our projects. Uh, We're also available on 10 different streaming platforms. Is that
0: right, Ross? (laughs) Hold the phone. That's right, Colin. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, TuneIn iHeartRadio, Player FM, Listen Notes, Podchaser, and Boomplay. That's
2: terrific.
0: I love Boomplay.
2: And so, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to uh, this week's episode. It's a heftier run, because those Oscar nominations took a long time, but I think people who listen to podcasts like long podcasts. They don't want no 30-minute podcast. They... They got a lot of driving to do. They got a lot of dishes to wash.
1: They got shit to do.
0: They're stuck
2: in. They're stuck in LA traffic. traffic. They need something
0: to listen to. (laughs) We're not from LA.
2: We're actually from the opposite of LA. New Jersey. New Jersey, baby. New Jersey,
0: the next Hollywood. The next Hollywood, baby. Yeah, baby. Let's do it. Did you hear, did you know that Joker was shot in New Jersey? What? Did you know that, did you know that the Many Saints of Newark was shot in New Jersey? It's almost like Newark is in New Jersey. Did you know that the new M. Night Shyamalan film, Knock at the Cabin, is shot in New Jersey?
2: It's happening, baby. Did you know that? It's happening.
0: It's happening, 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 baby.
2: baby. There will come a day when we will not be remembered for being Kevin Smith's home state. And on that day... I will smile.
0: Please, God. Spielberg was born in New Jersey.
2: He's an Arizona guy, though. Like, he was here for, like, four years. (laughs) You know, he's... All due respect. First four years. All due respect uh... to Steven Spielberg, who I love very much. He's no Jersey boy. Thank you all so much for listening. We love all of you, and we hope you tune in next week.
1: Live long and prosper.
2: Bye, everyone. Bye.